Summer is here, and we're as busy as ever at the DSR Network. Our podcast schedule has expanded to include the DSR Daily Brief, DSR Foreign Policy, DSR Politics, the DSR Spy Show, Words Matter, Foreign Office with Michael Weiss, Next in Foreign Policy, and The Secret Life of Cookies. To celebrate our expansion, we're bringing you this special offer. Through the month of June, membership is 50% off. Members receive an ad-free listening experience, bonus content across all of our podcasts, an evening newsletter, an invitation to join the DSR Slack community, and more. To take advantage of this offer, visit thedsrnetwork.com slash buy and enter code DSRexpands, all one word. That's thedsrnetwork.com slash buy and code DSRexpands. Thank you for your support. It's June 2nd, 2023, and this is your DSR Daily Brief. I'm Chris Cottonor. Our top stories from international outlets this morning. According to the BBC, the U.S. Congress has approved a deal to lift the country's borrowing limit days before the world's largest economy is due to default on its debt. The bipartisan measure sped through the Senate by a vote of 63 to 36 a day after it cleared the U.S. House of Representatives. President Joe Biden has said he will enact the measure into law. His signature on the bill will spare the U.S. from a catastrophic default on its $31.4 trillion debt. Among the four Democrats who voted against were left-wing Senators Bernie Sanders, John Fetterman, and Elizabeth Warren. Senators first proposed 11 amendments to the debt ceiling bill, but they were all rejected in quick order, paving the way for a final vote. If a single one of the amendments had passed, the whole bill would have been sent back to the House, leaving little time to ensure final passage of the measure before the U.S. fell off a fiscal cliff. Political reports that European leaders mounted a powerful show of defiance and support for Ukraine as they gathered Thursday for a historic summit in the ex-Soviet country of Moldova, just kilometers from the Ukrainian border. But even as over 40 leaders pledged their solidarity with Ukraine at the second gathering of the so-called European political community, the difficulty in maintaining that unity was on display. Before and during the summit, leaders hedged and staked out competing positions on an increasingly contentious issue what security guarantees the Western alliance can give Kyiv to ensure that if Russia is ever pushed out, it won't return. Against this backdrop, Ukraine's own leader, Vladimir Zelensky, joined the leaders in a surprise appearance. Under a crisp blue sky, Zelensky made two explicit demands. One, a clear invitation to join NATO, another subject that divides allies, and security guarantees on the way to NATO membership. Both, he said, are needed. According to reporting from the AP, Ukrainian air defenses shot down more than 30 Russian cruise missiles and drones in Moscow's sixth air attack in six days on Kyiv, local officials said Friday. The Ukrainian capital was simultaneously attacked from different directions by Iranian-made Shahed drones and cruise missiles from the Caspian region, according to a post on Telegram. 
A recent spate of attacks on the capital has put strain on residents and tested the strength of Ukraine's air defenses, while Kyiv officials plot what they say is an upcoming counteroffensive to push back the Kremlin's forces 15 months after their full-scale invasion. Kyiv was the largest target of drone and missile attacks on 17 days last month, including daylight attacks. Elsewhere, Reuters reports that Indian opposition leader Rahul Gandhi on Thursday criticized Prime Minister Narendra Modi's handling of relations with China, saying Beijing was occupying our territory while also taking a dig at the Hindu nationalist leader over the country's religious polarization. The fact of the matter is China is occupying our territory. It's an accepted fact, Gandhi, who belongs to the opposition Congress party, said in remarks at the National Press Club during a visit to Washington. It's absolutely unacceptable. The Prime Minister seems to believe otherwise. India's embassy in Washington did not immediately respond to a request for comment. Gandhi's trip comes weeks ahead of Modi's scheduled U.S. visit later this month. China and India have been uneasy neighbors for decades following a war on their disputed Himalayan frontier in the early 1960s. According to a Reuters exclusive, the United States is seeking to secure supplies of TNT in Japan for 155mm artillery shells as Washington rushes weapons and ammunition to Ukraine for a counteroffensive against Russian forces, two people familiar with the matter told Reuters. For war-renouncing Japan, any procurement would test its willingness to court controversy to help Kyiv because export rules ban Japanese companies from selling lethal items overseas, such as the howitzer shells that Ukraine fires daily at Russian units occupying its southeastern regions. Nonetheless, the Allies appear to have found a workaround to enable the TNT sale amid global shortages of munitions. Tokyo, which hosted U.S. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin last week, has told the U.S. government it will allow the sale of industrial TNT because the explosive is not a military-use-only product, the other source said. Al Jazeera reports that Sudan's conflict has continued for a seventh continuous week, where fighting has propelled the nation into an all-out war since fighting between dueling generals from the Sudanese army and its rival paramilitary rapid support forces broke out on April 15th. The country has plunged into a humanitarian crisis, with more than 1,800 people killed, according to the Armed Conflict Location and Event Data Project, and at least 1.6 million displaced within the country or across its borders, the United Nations has said, with many fleeing to Egypt, Chad, and South Sudan. On Thursday, the U.S. imposed the first sanctions related to the conflict in Sudan, warning that it will hold accountable all those undermining peace in the Northeast African country. The Biden administration has said that it is still coordinating with its mediator counterpart, Saudi Arabia, as well as the African Union and other actors in the region, to urge the warring sides to end the conflict. In lighter news from the UPI, a British engineer unofficially broke a world record when he took his motorized trash can up to speeds of 55 miles per hour. Michael Wallhead, 31, 
said he bought the wheeled trash can from Facebook Marketplace for about $25 and then proceeded to make nearly $900 worth of modifications, including a Suzuki GP125 two-stroke engine, magnesium go-kart wheels, a rear axle, a five-gear box, a chassis, a steering damper, and an extra wheel at the front. Wallhead took his wheelie bin to Elvington Airfield in North Yorkshire, England, where he was clocked at an average speed of 54.9 miles per hour. The current Guinness World Record for fastest wheelie bin stands at 45 miles per hour and was set by Andy Jennings in May 2021. Wallhead said evidence from his attempt has been submitted to the Guinness World Records and he expects to hear back in a few weeks. If you have a strange but true story that you'd like to share, please email us at podcasts at thedsrnetwork.com. The story should come from a reputable news source and be verifiable. If we use the story, we'll include a shout-out to the person who sent it. That's all the news I have for you this week. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so that more people can find the show. If you have a tip, topic, or correction you'd like to flag for us, please email us at podcasts at thedsrnetwork.com. Members of the DSR Network will receive an evening newsletter version of the DSR Daily Brief. If you'd like more in-depth analysis of these issues, be sure to follow the links in the show notes and tune into our sister podcasts on the DSR Network. Stay safe and stay tuned to the DSR Daily Brief.